the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. The title of our message today, You Are Called Out. Does God have a call on your life? Well, maybe you didn't answer yes. Today, I want to convince you that he does. He has something great for you to do. And he sent me with this message to call you out into greatness. Today, he's calling you the called out one. You are marked for a blessing today. God speaks and then he acts. Once he speaks, no man can reverse it. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. My servant, whom I have chosen, so that you may consider and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, and after me, none will come. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no Savior but me. I alone decreed and saved and proclaimed, and I, not some foreign God among you. So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Even from eternity, I am he, and none can deliver you out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Oh, my goodness. He wants us to know how powerful he truly is. He will turn rivers of water in dry places. A dry place is a barren place without life. We are to produce good fruit, good works, the works of God. Do you feel like you're in a barren place, not producing anything great? Or maybe you feel like you've hit a glass ceiling. Once you had great success, but no longer. And you feel like you're standing still. Maybe you're thinking, greatness out of me, Valerie. Look at my life. Look how I've messed up. Look how backwards I do things. My life really is amounting to nothing. I want to ask you a question. Have these kind of words been spoken about you and it reached your ears? Now, deep inside, you think this about yourself. Maybe it wasn't spoken to you, not in your presence. However, you heard that it was said about you. Well, today God wants to heal you. Why don't we pray? I cancel the power of every negative word that's been spoken about you 
in the name of Jesus. I cancel the power of that word. Words that have wounded your heart and caused you to think less of yourself and blinded you. I cancel the power of that word and I deem them powerless in your life. Jesus said to the lame, now rise up and walk. Father calls all of us to rise up and walk today and walk in your divine purpose for our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. At the end of this message, I am going to give you three powerful points to alter your life. You are the apple of God's eye. That means you are the center of his eye. You are the center of God's attention. He's focused on you. He has created you for his divine purpose. Today, he's calling you. Isaiah 41, 18, I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. If your life is barren, well, God takes barren places and brings forth life. A barren place can be one where there was once thriving life, but now it's dead or a place where life never existed. Jerusalem was headed for a barren place without its great king, possibly. Isaiah 6. Isaiah is saddened by the death of King Uzziah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king of Jerusalem, and he reigned for 52 years. Under King Uzziah, Jerusalem flourished politically, financially, and its military forces as long as he sought the Lord. Second Chronicles 26. Uzziah reigns in Judah, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God throughout the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Uzziah went out to wage war against the Philistines, and he tore down the walls of Gath, Jebna, and Ashdod. Oh, my goodness. King Uzziah had great success, but now he was gone. What would be the hope of Jerusalem now? God, in his infinite mercy, makes a momentous move. God makes a shift. When all seems barren without the great king, an encounter with God changes everything. That's what God wants you to have today, an encounter with him, an encounter that will change everything and your entire life. One day I was in prayer in my prayer place. I was down on my knees. I'll never forget this day because it altered my life. I was down on my knees praying for the sick, the brokenhearted, teenagers that were in rebellion, and all the needs that had been given to me to present before the Lord. As I was praying and worshiping God, he spoke to me clearly. He said, yours will be a life of prayer. And that's all that he said. But I knew that when he said that, that prayer would be my journey. I knew that when I called, he would answer. Why would he give me a life of prayer? Why would he call me to a life like that if I was not going to be victorious? God doesn't make losers. He makes winners. And that's what he made you a winner more than a conqueror. Through Christ Jesus. Today, he's calling you out to win in life's challenges through prayer. I want to tell you, miracles and signs and wonders have followed that glorious day 
in my life. He spoke one sentence. Yours will be a life of prayer. My life has been just what he said, a life of prayer and victory. Some things I see are astounding in prayer. They're so amazing, I can't even speak of them. All of us are meant to have miraculous things happen in prayer. All of us. God confirmed that he had spoken to me by the result that followed my prayers. Hebrews 2, 4. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the spirit whenever he chose. Today, God is calling you to the life of prayer. And this will be your result. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what he wants for you today. He's calling you today as a called out one. An encounter with God changes the direction of one's life. Isaiah must have been very sad after Uzziah died, for he was a great king. And it's apparent that Isaiah had great admiration for him. Sometimes when the person we depend upon is gone or circumstances are beyond our control, we turn to the Lord. And that's what Isaiah did. And he had an encounter with God, a vision of the Lord, a glorious vision that changed his life. For he writes in Isaiah 6, but Isaiah was very sad. For he writes in Isaiah 6 at a very sad time in his life and for Jerusalem. The kingdom is going to be passed to a young successor. Would this be capable hands? What would be the fate of Jerusalem? Isaiah's heart must have been very heavy. And his footsteps too as he entered the temple to seek God. Watch what he finds when he enters the temple. Isaiah needs healing from God. But God needs something from Isaiah. Watch this. God's going to tell Isaiah what he needs. Oh, yes, God has needs. All right. Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting up on the throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above him stood the angels, the seraphims. Each one had six wings with two. He covered his face with two. He covered his feet and with two. He did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims, The angel flew unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Oh, my goodness. Isaiah's heart was heavy. But he has an encounter with God and he finds there is a king above every king. Isaiah was encouraged to the point of crying out 
stepping up to answer the call to go to the people of his nation. He said, here I am, send me. God was calling Isaiah out, just waiting for him to answer. And he's calling you today through this message to have an encounter with him that takes your prayer life to a whole nother dimension. May I challenge you today to go forward to a new place and make four requests of God. Lord, give me your presence. Lord, give me your righteousness. Lord, give me your peace. And finally, Lord, give me the spirit of prayer. After you've prayed these four master keys, when you have an experience within, then you know that you're ready to go to the next level. When you're ready, then go to the Lord in prayer and say, here I am, Lord, send me. It's time for God's people to have an encounter with God. He's calling you to a place of a life of communion. Jesus lived in unbroken communion with God. That's what he's calling the church to today. It's a place of victory. In Ephesus, Paul had requests for the people of Ephesus. He requested wisdom and revelation for the church. Paul himself had an encounter with God. His encounter with the Lord appeared before him on the road to Damascus, and it changed Paul's life. Paul changed from a cruel life of hatred and throwing the Christians in prison to loving Christ and serving him. He changed from being a terrorist to a saint. Paul wanted the Ephesus church to have an intimate relationship with Christ, and so he knew what they needed. Through that relationship, revelation would come. He said he himself was instructed by revelation. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. For I certify to you, brothers, that the gospel I preach is not according to man. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. We must step into a place where we commune with God and we receive revelation from God. His travels were instructed by revelation from God. Galatians 2.2 I went in response to a revelation in meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. The power of God that we need to be victorious doesn't travel through words that we are speaking. The power of the Father moves through the relationship that we have with Him. The power of God flows through relationship. To know God, the Father must become the most important thing in our entire life. Striving to know Him must become first in our life. It must be that way in the life of every believer. Then you will be victorious in the face of life's challenges. You will receive revelation from God the Father. Paul understood this and he said, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being conformed to him in death, Philippians 3.10, always calling you out today. I want to share something to you. I needed God to make a momentous move in my life one day. I needed revelation. I want to tell you what he did. 
Well, one of the kids in our family was giving his father a really difficult time. I'm telling you, according to his mother and father, their account of him was, Valerie, he is out of control. He was 15 years old and in rebellion. Whatever his father said to do, he did the opposite. He and his father had been best friends, but he came to the place at 15 years old. And I don't know how you get there at 15, but he knew everything. He didn't need his father telling him anything. And he didn't, he didn't need any advice at all. He needed no guidance. He knew everything. He knew when to sleep, when to get up, when to go, when to come back. He knew when he needed to go to school, when he didn't, what to buy, what not to buy. He knew everything. He knew what friends to choose. He didn't need his father any longer in his own mind. Well, one day I got a call, and I remember answering the phone. And as soon as I picked up the phone, his father said to me, he said, Valerie, he's run away. I said, oh, no, no, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that to me? He said, Valerie, we've searched everywhere for him. That's why I'm saying it. We've been to the school. We've searched the neighborhood. We've called all of his friends. We even called the girl that he he calls himself dating. We called over there. He's not there. He cannot be found, Valerie. I said, oh, my goodness. He said, we're calling the police. When he said that, it felt like terror just struck my heart. I mean, if he's calling the police, we know, okay, all is lost. He's done everything he can. They're going to call the police. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm going to go into prayer. I went into prayer. Well, before, I'm going to tell you what happened. I tried to make it to my prayer place. I couldn't even make it to my prayer place. My heart was so heavy. I left the kitchen and I entered the hallway, the foyer of the house, and I sat down. We had a brick planter and I sat down on it and I began to cry out to God. I will never forget it. I was rocking back and forth and back and forth praying. And the only thing I could pray was, Lord, show me the child. Lord, I am pleading with you. Show me the child. I don't know what made me pray like that, except intervention of the Holy Spirit, because I had never prayed like that before. But you see, this little nephew meant everything to me. He was my oldest nephew. He meant everything when I was young. He was the first nephew, and I used to carry him around on my hip, and I used to think, one day I want to have a little boy just like him. Oh, goodness, he meant so much to me. And to think that he was missing or that he had run away was more than my heart could bear. And I sat there rocking back and forth saying, Lord, show me the child. I need to see him. I need to know that he's safe. I need to know where he is. Lord, show me the child. And do you know that suddenly there was a vision before my eyes? And when I saw that vision, I rushed to the phone and I called his father and I said, hey, I want to tell you that he's okay. Wherever he is, it's of his own choosing. No one has forced him. No one has taken him. And there is a parent there where he is. And he's laughing. I saw him laughing and talking and eating. I mean, he's kicking back, having a good time. (laughs) And the rest of us are going crazy over this, right? And his father said to Instrument, he said, Valerie, I think I know where he is. I'll call you back. And he hung up the phone. Well, he called the young girl's house again and talked to her mother and said, listen, I know my son is over there and I need you to send him home. Well, long story short, Eventually, she sent him home in a day or two after she told his father he's of age. And his father convinced her, listen, 
if you don't send him, I'm calling the police and send them to your house. So she sent him home. My goodness, communing with God. When circumstances come up and we face life's difficult challenges, God is going to show up for his children. Paul strived to know Christ. He said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to him even in his death. Acts 27, 2, Paul has a vision. There was a storm at sea, and Paul, by revelation, was able to give the terrified men on the ship that there would be no loss of life. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. You will not experience any loss of life, but only of the ship. Just last night, an angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and look. God has granted you the lives of all who sail with you. Oh, my goodness. So he gave Paul that vision and that encouraged the men on the ship to know that they would not lose their lives, but only the ship would be lost as the ship was tossed in the storm at sea. God is calling you today to serve him through prayer. And maybe you already have a prayer life, but he's calling you to go to a new dimension in prayer. He wants to give you revelation. It's not enough just to be praying the same prayers over and over. In the day that we live, the church must be able to pray powerful prayers that go into the enemy's camp and destroy the plans of darkness that tears down the works of the enemy. Relationship is the key to power in prayer. Relationship is the key to revelation through prayer. There are three points that I want to give you today to alter your prayer life, and it'll alter your entire life. One, have a regular place in your home where you meet God. And there is a Bible there that never leaves. The things that are in your prayer place where you go to pray before God, they don't leave. That's not the Bible that goes in your car. That's not the Bible that goes to church. That's the Bible that stays right there in your prayer place. A pen, a piece of paper to write down the revelation that God gives you because you will receive revelation and prayer. Have a specific time that you pray and strive to be on time because when you have a regular time to meet God, I want to tell you that the angel of the Lord is going to be there waiting. When you're on time to prayer, the Holy Spirit meets you there. And then the greatest hindrance to prayer. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Unforgiveness is a great hindrance to prayer. When you seek God and you worship him, we want to be sure that we go before him with a pure heart. Whatever someone has said or did that day, release it. Take it to him in prayer. Some things we're able to just forgive. Okay, I'm going to forgive that. I'm, I'm going to let that go. But some things, they hurt so deeply. It takes the supernatural power of God to remove that hurt from our heart. We can't always just release it with our natural mind. I want to say God kind of does spiritual surgery and then he heals that wound. So take those needs to God. When you have that regular prayer time, I promise you the Holy Spirit will meet you there. 
you will have power in prayer that others don't have. And they're going to wonder, how does he, how does she get those answers in prayer? How is that person able to just break through the enemy's lines? Strongholds are pulled down. Sickness and infirmities has to flee. Deliverance from drug addiction and sexual perversions is canceled. The spirit of darkness that hovers over those that are in depression and anxiety and worry and fear has to flee when they pray. Nothing can resist the power of Almighty God, and you have access to that power, child of God. When you pray, have that special time where you meet God. The Holy Spirit is waiting to meet you there. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.